What's up, Wesley? Hola. How are you? Good. Today's been a quick start, but you know, I'm good. Yes, today was a very quick start. I'm doing very well. Okay. I'm doing very well. I'm going to tell you why. So, um, I don't remember if we even talked about this on the show the last time we did a one-on-one episode Mm -hmm. but um i've started counseling oh yeah Mm -hmm. yes and it is phenomenal like i absolutely love it there's nothing that has i don't even know how to describe it it's it's just it's been so good for me like mentally emotionally spiritually all the things that's dope Yes. Yeah. So what's, if you don't mind sharing, what's one of the highlights that you've uh, discovered in counseling? So one thing that I've learned is that in my past, first of all, one of the things that came up was how um, I, because of the energy that I carry and, and just who I was designed to be, I was always meant to run my own business. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's why every job that I've ever had has really felt more like an internship mm-hmm. because it's prepared me to do what I need to do with Grace and Grind. Yeah. Um, with that being said, the interesting thing is that when I look back on those past experiences, and I think about different criticisms that I received, as everyone receives, like just when you're working a job. Mm-hmm. For me, I associated those criticisms with my identity as a person. Mm-hmm. So she's really been working with me on separating the two, um, which is really interesting because I've always kind of had this mantra that who you are and what you do are are two separate things, but... When they align, then you're in your sweet spot. So just knowing that on a subconscious level, I struggled with that was crazy. So that has been a big thing. And then equanimity, uh, practicing equanimity, which I did a meditation episode about. So if you want to know more about what equanimity is and all of that, definitely encourage you to listen to that meditation episode. But uh, practicing that within my business and really within every other area of my life, just responding to the negative situations with the same grace and gratitude as I respond to positive situations Mm -hmm. or responding to things that don't go my way with the same grace and gratitude as I respond to things that are going my way. So it's just about shifting energies and it's it's so good. I love it. No, that's dope. That sounds like a lot of discovery. Yes. A lot of discovery and shout out to therapists for being able to have the toolage to help us get that discovery. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things that um, has really benefited, I, I mean, I think all of that has, the lessons that I'm learning benefits our household as a whole mm-hmm. better. Um, because when I'm doing better, then not only am I better for me, but I'm better for you, I'm better for the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, trip, a, um, a trickle, trickle effect mm-hmm. that happens. But one of my favorite things about that is... Um, I've learned how to manage my stress in a way that's really healthy and productive. And for me, that's shown up through yard work and landscaping. Yeah. So I redid our backyard. It's dope, too. 
Thank you. It's real dope. Yes. I was going to say, like, how do you how do you like the backyard? I love it. I mean, you know, I help I help carry all the thousand bricks in the backyard <laughs> and I help carry uh, all the millions of plants in the backyard. But yes. at the same time, I think um, for me, you're a very impactful fire and ice person. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I could tell where you are mentally by how you shift and how you move. Yes. So for you decorating the whole backyard, you don't know, but that helps me explain you mentally. Yes, I I so get that. Yeah. So like for two years, the house didn't have anything. Right. But then all of a sudden a shift came to where first you wanted to decorate the family room. Mm -hmm. And then you bought all this stuff for the family room. Now you're doing the backyard. Next you might try to do the roof. I don't know what else you're (laughs) going to try to do. But um, I think it's dope because uh, the backyard looks great. Thank you, babe. And it feels like home. It makes you want to be home all the time. Yes, it? it does. I mm-hmm. love it. So you kind of planted the seed with that too, because you got me the fire pit for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for that, because that was like it awakened something in me that I wasn't even really sure what it was. And then when I started counseling, and it came up like, you know, you being in nature and. And using being in nature as a way to deal with stress in a healthy way was like, oh, crap. I know what I can do here. So we built a – we have the fire pit, but we built out a whole, like, section in the backyard for it. And then I planted a bunch of flowers, and I also got a pool for the kids. It's not like one of those little bitty kitty pools, but it is a small pool. It's like just ten feet, mm-hmm. but it's it's perfect for us. Like all four of us can fit in it yeah. comfortably. So, I think the kids like being home more too, since we kind of shifted a lot of stuff there. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then the lights on the balcony. I mm-hmm. have these beautiful little. I call them firefly lights because that's what they remind me of at night. That are just wrapped around the balcony and the staircase. Um, in the backyard it's so beautiful it is and then I could bring the tv outside and uh, watch my game with <laughs> yes. all those lights and the yeah the backyard's the stuff yeah and you know what I think that's the last thing that I need to do is um, find a really cute nice um, patio set for the higher end of the balcony so that yeah you can watch your games out there and and we can just like chill yeah. Up there. And I see how we can do it, too, to where we can put the TV where rain won't hit it mm-hmm. and stuff. Yes. So I, yeah. So I seen how my homie had his set up. Okay. So, yeah. All right, cool. So, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. What's going on in your world? Busy. You know, we have we have two kids that are athletes. Yes. And I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, on the, I'm on the – I'm creating new habits. Like you talk about therapy, I'm in this season of habit changing. So I don't want to get too much into that because, you know, a future, future stuff. But I'm changing habits. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Yes. I love that. Um, yeah. I'm reading. Um, well, let me let me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let me just not because we're going to talk about that on a, yeah. on a different episode. But to answer your question more specifically, I'm working out. I'm working because guess what? We're about to go on vacation. So yes. and we need a vacation. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I am so looking forward to this vacation. Mm-hmm. We go to the same spot every year. We do. <laughs> and I am. I know you and the kids are probably tired of going to Gulf Shores, Alabama, 
But I low-key think that we need to get, like, a a rental property down there. We've been talking about this for years. I know, but I feel like we really need to do it because it really feels like a second home. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to be in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I love being there. It's peaceful down there. Yes, it is. And it's it's small, but then again, it's like, touristy enough for a lot of people to still be there mm-hmm. like it's great yeah. yes i felt like when we first started going because we first started going in like 2017 i felt like no one really knew about gulf shores yet well it's always been a popular beach for kansas Cityans because it's one of the closest to drive to right you got galveston and then you have gulf shores yeah so but i feel like everybody was like Always going to Myrtle Beach. And Mm, mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't know about Gulf Shores, for real. But now I feel like more and more people are knowing about it, which is great for the city, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, this is my little spot. Like, where are all these people coming from? Because they ain't got a whole show called Floribama, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was that MTV that did that show? Yeah, it's still on. Yeah. Yeah, that that definitely helped put Gulf Shores on the map. Yeah. And it messed it up for us. That was our like little secret secluded spot. <laughs> well, it don't and now be a everybody lot of knows about there. it. Like when we go down there, it'd be the same type of people down there every time. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. It's yeah, a blast. It's real fun. Yeah. Okay, so on today's episode, we have a very special guest. Oh my gosh. Um Jamari Michael White, he is the CEO of Black Ancestral Healing and Blackbirds Hill, and we're going to be talking to him today just about um, all the things that come with being black people healing and black men healing, and I'm just, oh honey, I'm so excited to talk to him. Hey, Jamari, boo. Hey. What's going on, Jamar? How you doing? I am doing great. It was so enjoyable listening to you all's intro because I know y'all do it different every time. So Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we sure do. I loved it. Well, yes, I am well. I am so glad that you're here. How is your it's still early in the summer, but how is your summer going? You know, my summer has been really good. It's been hot. I, I don't like I don't like the heat like that. So <laughs> I don't like that it's been hot, but I've been enjoying my summer. Um, I'm a June baby, so I have a birthday coming up. So I'm really looking forward to to celebrating my birthday and another another year around the sun. Yes. Yeah. When's your birthday? It is June twentieth. It's on Father's Day as well as the summer solstice. Big one. Wow. Oh, okay. So you're not a cancer, right? That's not the cusp of being a cancer, is it? That is, I am right on the cusp. I'm a Gemini. Oh, okay. I'm a cancer. My birthday's July 15th. That's why I asked. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. My friends call me a watery Gemini because mm. I'm on the cusp. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can I can definitely yes. see that. A watery Gemini for sure. <laughs> so I know like when it comes to your titles and and how you label yourself in your line of work, um, you you call yourself a medium, a spiritual healer in multiple facets. Tell us more about your gifts and just when you realized you had them. 
Yes. So um, I was not, as far as I know, let me say that, I was not born a psychic medium. I don't have any early recollections of any experiences of like talking to the spirit or dead people or anything like that, which is kind of the common narrative when it comes to psychics and mediums. I have always been a very intuitive human being. I was a very intuitive child. And I've always been very committed to my faith and very faith-led in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's been sort of the the extent of it for most for most of my childhood and early adulthood. Um, but I struggled with depression mm-hmm. for most of my life and suicidal ideation. And uh, probably around in my early twenties, well, I went through the worst experience of depression and suicidal ideation um, where I was the closest uh, to really acting on what I was experiencing. And this was when I was actually working as a mental health therapist. So I was was trained and worked as a mental health therapist. Um, So I understood what I was experiencing. I was in therapy myself. Um, But what this level of what I be, what we call these depressive symptoms, I was fully aware um, was something much deeper, was something much more related to my soul being being very uncomfortable. You know, at one point I said to a friend, you know, I just don't know how to do this here. You know, it wasn't that I wanted to die. It was like I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be in this world. And um, at that point. I began to just pray to God to heal me. I mean, I I knew all the things that they had taught me in school about mental illness and mental health, but I was also so clear that of the power of God. Yes. And I was so clear about my faith, and I was so clear about what I had experienced and witnessed growing, growing up in a Christian household. And so I just prayed to God to heal me, and I really— was praying to God to also make me a clear vessel for what it was that God wanted me to do with my life, who I was supposed to be here on this earth. And I spent about a year just in deep relationship with God. I quit my job and everything and deep relationship with my God, deep relationship with my ancestors and my own spirit. Every single day I was in meditation. I was in prayer. That was my focus. And long story short, there was a series of really divine synchronistic events that began to happen where my gift started to be really revealed to me. And um, the gift of my ancestors and my lineages started to be really revealed to me because I actually come from four different lineages of different kinds of healers. And I began to receive that, that ritual healing of my lineages and those gifts and began to really start to understand my place in line of continuing a legacy that had been lost for thousands of years. And so I really started to receive that and train and support and, and work on my gifts and my personhood and my, and my beingness as a vessel and um, started to focus on these practices, one of them being ancestral healing, which is a practice where I support people to actually connect to their well ancestors to heal uh, trauma and burden on their lineages and heal the unwell dead. And so that's one practice. Another practice I do is around spiritual healing, 
which is supporting people who are actually experiencing illness and disease or injury and helping them to heal the spiritual dimensions of that illness and disease. And I do that do a, through a practice specifically called feather burning. And then uh, my most, the, the practice that's most geared to my heart, all pun intended, is, is heart divination and heart healing, which actually comes from my father's father's line. And it's a practice of really reading people's hearts and uh, helping them to get insight and, and vital wisdom from higher source about the wounds that they're experiencing. And most importantly, not just what those wounds are, but how to heal them. So really getting medicine from heaven, from spirit, from ancestors, really unique to your own wounding so that you can really expedite your healing process. Um, and so that's that practice. So, so yeah, ever since then, I've been on this wild, magical uh, journey um, of being used by God in a way that I certainly, I didn't expect would happen at all. Right, yeah. right. Jesus. That yeah. is incredible. That is incredible. So, like, okay, so why are things like heart divination, heart healing, and ancestral healing so important, particularly to the black community? Because this is something that, you know, I never really heard of when it comes to healing. So why do you think it's important? And what have you found? Why do you find it to be important with your work that you do? Huh, there's, I mean, there's so many reasons. I mean, one of the things to speak to what you named about, you know, these things not being what you've heard of. And someone actually said that to me the other day. Oh, I've never heard of this before. And, and you wouldn't. You know, this particular practice comes from my father's father's line. It's over 10,000 years old. And as a result of colonization, enslavement, those practices were lost on my lineage, right? Mm -hmm. And that is true for so many Black people. You know, we had our own medicine before white Western medicine came online as the dominant narrative and the dominant way to think about healing. Black people, African people, all people of color have always had their own forms of medicines that were deeply connected to spirit and deeply connected to the earth, very earth-honoring. But through colonization, many of that has been lost. Many of our the cosmologies and understandings necessary for us to practice this work have been lost. In many cases, they've been demonized, Mm -hmm. right? They could be seen wicked and evil and demonic, even though they're they're some of the most earth-honoring, peaceful, loving forms of medicine and natural forms of medicine that are out there. Um, And so... A part of why this work is important and, and the resurgence and many people doing this work and black people is because it's a part of who we are. It's, yeah. it's our inheritance. It's our heritage. It's innate to our beingness. And it's what's going to help us to actually heal from the poison and toxicity of white supremacy and white dominant narratives, including Western medicine. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's why it's important is because black people have hearts and souls and yeah. they're worthy of being tended to. We are not just bodies, flesh walking around here. We're we're spiritual beings. And so we must care for our spirit. You know, we're divine human beings. And so we have to put that time um, and, and initiative into making sure we're caring for ourselves as whole people. You know, and I think. Right now, this time is, is not a mistake. If you're living in this time, in this moment, and you're a black person, that is not a mistake, in my opinion, at all. 
Yeah. Each different time period uh, has a distinct energy. And this is definitely a time for collective healing and consciousness raising. So if you are here and you are Black, I know a part of your soul's mission and growth is to participate in the healing of your individual and our collective spiritual bodies and ancestral lineages in some way. And in some way, you know, sometimes even if that's just you're here to help provide contracts and give us an example of what not healing looks like. Mm. That's an important role. So mm-hmm. people are here to, to really be a part of this healing. And that's why so many people in the millennial generation or uh, as Leslie said in an episode, the elder millennial generation <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> are, you know, feel, many of us feel like it, we are here to break what we think of as generational curses, to mm-hmm. end, you know, that sense of pain and struggle and merely surviving. There's a reason why we all feel that collective sense, because this is the time for it. So it's important for all of those reasons. Oh my god! Okay. I have chills right now, dude. I have chills. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've always felt like I felt this very strongly when we very first started Grace and Grind, and that was the idea that health and wellness and spirituality are inextricably inextricably linked. They are intertwined. Mm-hmm. So, and I've always like looked around at like different other health and wellness websites and magazines and whatnot, and or spirituality websites and magazines, regardless of whatever religion it was a part of or whatever. And I always thought it was so interesting how they're always separate. Like mm-hmm. there's there's no intertwining of it. And I knew that for us and for Grace and Grind, that that intersection of spirituality and health and wellness was, it wasn't an option because it is mm-hmm. part like spirituality is part of health and wellness. So I'm so grateful that you that you said that. That was so good. Yeah. And not only that, it's a part of grace and grind. Like that grace part is spiritual. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's in mm-hmm. the title of what we do. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um with that being said, um I am like really I feel like I'm at the beginning of this journey of understanding and accepting that my ancestors are part of my, my spiritual existence and my spiritual journey. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm at the beginning of it at 35 years old, because like you said, there's so many things that have been demonized. And I feel like just the existence of ancestors is is one of those things. I honestly believe that a lot of people didn't start to even consider that seriously until Black Panther, Black Panther came, came out. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's when everybody was like, hmm, maybe I need to rethink about this thing. So with that being said, um, what, and I know you mentioned this a little bit before when you were talking about your gifts, but tell us more about what the difference is between ancestral healing and spiritual healing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and there's all, the first thing I'll say is they're all, there are all different kinds of healing methods, beliefs, practices out there. So if you Googled ancestral healing, you would find different people doing different kinds 
of work. If you Google spiritual healing, you will find different people doing different kinds of work. Um, and that's beautiful and that's great. So when I speak about ancestral healing, I'm specifically talking about uh, a practice in which I do where I really support people to, one, just make connection. Like you said, you're in the early stages, make connection with well ancestors on their line. And what I mean by well ancestors is one thing, one position that I take is that we all have a consciousness and our consciousness continues even after we die. Mm -hmm. But just because we die, that doesn't mean that we sort of automatically sort of level up in our consciousness or everything that we experience in our lifetime suddenly just becomes a non-factor. Oftentimes, those experiences, whether it was harm um, or some type of wounding or trauma, will continue in our consciousness, which is often how we also get the, the idea of trauma also continuing down a family line on a mm. spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that and knowing that for many of us Black people, there's been some type of gap in us relating to the ancestors and being in relationship with them, we can sort of assume that we have ancestors that are unwell in spirit. Mm. And so it becomes important when we want to engage our ancestors to engage in the type of ritual repair so that we can engage them in a healthy way and they can engage us in a healthy way. So I support people to connect with their well ancestors, which means to bypass any spots of trouble to reach a set of ancestors who are definitively well and all the ones before them are also well. And then beginning a relationship with those ancestors who then are the ones who work to heal the unwell dead in spirit and essentially heal up any spots of unwellness and trouble on a spiritual level in your line so that the fullness of the blessing and the gift on your line can flow freely and without hindrance through, through spirit, through the ancestors to the living. And so that's when I talk about ancestral healing, I'm specifically talking about this process of ritual repair that I do with my clients. When I speak to uh, speak to spiritual healing, and, and it's important to know, I'll say, in that practice, I am supporting my clients to connect with their ancestors. So mm -hmm. it's not about Jamari, who's a psychic medium, talking to your people. It's about you talking to your people and connecting with them and learning how to do that in a ritually safe way and in a container that is compassionate towards the harm and the trauma and the challenges that might come up in that process that are in need of healing. In my spiritual healing work, and specifically the practice that I do called feather burning, that's a very, very specific practice that comes from my father's mother's line. And it's a practice that I can only do if spirit is very clear that I'm meant to do it for, for a person. And there have been times where spirit says, no, that this is not meant for this person. And people usually, they, they'll submit a request for me if they're experiencing some type of illness. Uh, often it's chronic disease or chronic illness for which there are there isn't a medical explanation for or they're getting a lot of different kinds of diagnoses and you know, they're on a lot of medicines, but it doesn't really seem like the doctors really know what's going on. Um, usually it's issues like that. Um, and they'll come and 
they'll need support with that. And so if spirit tells me, my ancestors tell me I can do the practice for them, um, I engage in the practice to one, get insight about what are the spiritual aspects either that have caused are contributing to or maintaining this illness of the body because spirit and the spirit and the body are in deep relationship. Um, one might even say that they're not separate. Um, and, and to an extent, I agree with that. Um, and, and even more so, the wellness of our spiritual bodies has an impact on our physical bodies. And, and even modern Western medicine acknowledges this, right? That if you're stressed out, you can get, you're more likely to get sick, right? Mm -hmm. If you are, um, you know, in a really stressful work environment or uh, a really toxic work environment, that can lead to ulcers and all kinds of stuff. And so it's thinking about that and, and even up-leveling the understanding of that beyond what Western science can usually digest and saying there's a really direct relationship between spirit and the body. Um, and so really getting insight from my clients about what might be going on here, and the explanations are really endless. Sometimes it is a matter of, you know, you have literally been neglecting your soul, and it's causing your body illness. Sometimes it's you're holding a burden that isn't even yours. You made a contract in another life that needs to be severed, that's causing your body harm. Um, the explanations are really wide, um, but I get a sense of that so I can share that with my clients. And then the feather burning is actually a process where um, healing energy is sent to the client and whatever that issue is to support in healing whatever that issue is and providing protection and necessary resource for that person to heal. So that that's the difference. And in that practice, I am the one directly relating to my ancestors as well as that person's ancestors to do this work essentially on their behalf. Good stuff. Yeah, Jeez. that's a lot. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, guys, before we dive any more into this episode, we've got to take a moment to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Balanced Health. Have you ever wondered if you have food sensitivities, hormonal imbalances, or toxins in your body? Now you can find out with Balanced Health. By analyzing just a small portion of your hair and saliva, Balanced Health uses a bioenergetic scanning system to provide you with the answers to these questions and more. In just three weeks, you'll receive in-depth results and a customized all-natural regimen to help you reach optimal health. Me and Wesley were blown away by our results, and we know you'll be just as pleased with yours. That's why Balance Health is giving our listeners $20 off your test when you use code GG20 at checkout. That's capital G, capital G, two, zero. Visit creatingbalancehealth.com to get your test today. Hello, everyone. This is Brad Burrow with Real Media. We're a proud sponsor of the Grace and Grind podcast. We love the message and we love Wesley and Carissa. If your organization needs help with a video and content execution strategy, TV spots, promotional videos, animation, or even podcasting, give us a call. 
We've got the tools, talent, and experience you need to get your message in front of your audience. We call it content that roars. Reach out today at 913-754-1901 or realmediakc.com. Um, I can only imagine how centered and grounded and and clear you have to remain on a, yeah. a daily basis to be able to do what you do. That's like, it seems like so much. Yeah, it's, it's no joke. And that's why I say, you know, some people, some people find what I do to be cool and they wish they could do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't looking for this. Right. <laughs> but that's right. to be clear right. with everybody. I, I was not, I was looking for my own healing, actually. Mm. And I have always understood that God is present in people and works through people. And so I was looking for what that meant for me in my life. I had no idea this is what it would mean. And the process of me being able to receive this was most certainly and continues to be on a daily basis, a process of me being really grounded and clear about who I am and what is mine. If I'm not clear about who I am and what is mine, I'll show up in a client session and all of a sudden I got pain in my back and now I'm worried, oh, something's on my back, da 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 when really it's the client. Right. So I have to be I have to be well enough and consistently well enough and connected enough and grounded enough and assured enough that I am eternally well so that I'm not taking on things that are my clients and so that I can rightly interpret what I'm experiencing. And that's work. That's not play, (laughs) y'all. You know, and so. As, as fun as it might seem or interesting for some people to, you know, be intuitive and be psychic and do this work, if you're doing it from a place of, of really being ethical and really being in integrity with yourself and with, and with the world you're serving, then the most important thing is actually your own healing, your own grounding, your own relationship with spirit and ensuring that you are really clear about who you are and, and what is yours in your life and what is not, and that you have really great values. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So something you said um, also brings up for me a conversation that me and Wesley and my best friend Kimia um, have been having, and that is the question of how can both past lives and ancestors coexist because in our heads it's like okay when we die either one of two things is gonna happen we're either a gonna go to heaven and and live eternally and and become the ancestor or b we're going to reincarnate into something else so it's like it can't be both so how do, how do like, like what is your understanding of that when you talk about both past lives and an ancestry? That's a great question. Um, I'm trying to see 
if I can give a simple answer. <laughs> because one of the challenges with answering questions like that um, is everyone is coming at the core ideas from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, earlier when I said, um, well, really the spirit and the body aren't separate, right? I mean, that's that's like 20 books right there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because for most people, and in, 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 in colloquial language, there is kind of a sense of separation. Your spirit is something different from your body. But in my true understanding, it isn't. All is spirit. Even what you think of as material or like flesh or concrete, like a rock, is spirit. It's all a reflection of consciousness. And so from my understanding, then, even our the separation we make between the dead or, and the living isn't a real separation. Mm. Like one could say that to what we think of as the dead, we're actually the dead to them. Wow. Like they're just living in a different experience of conscious. And I've had my ancestors say that to me. Like, you know, and so even the separation we make between heaven and earth, right? And this is to some extent biblical, right? When when the good word says the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One way to interpret that is metaphorical. Another way to interpret that is literal, which is how I interpret it. The kingdom of heaven is literally at hand is right here Mm. right Mm -hmm. and so for it to be right here means that what separates whether we experience heaven or not isn't whether it exists or not in some um definitive sense but whether we are conscious of it right and so a part of it is you know you can experience both past lives and be experiencing heaven at the same time. And ideally you would experience all of it because all of it is spirit, right? If, if, if all things are God, right, then we should be able to have access to all things through God. So there should be no, well, I can't experience this. I shouldn't experience that. That's not available to me that, all of that is just a manifestation of what you've chosen in your own consciousness to believe or not to believe in. Yes. Not a manifestation of whether it's actually true or not. It's just what you've chosen to believe or not believe in. But again, this requires us to really collapse all sense of separation, which really is what God is, right? In all mm-hmm. things, God is unity. All things are connected. There is no such thing as separation in God. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as separating the spirit and the body in God. There's no such thing as separating earth and heaven in God, because by definition, God is not separation. So (laughs) 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 You know, but, but that, that to really take in, Honestly, you know, y'all, to really take in some of the things that I have been blessed to get knowledge around because of, for whatever wild reason, God decided this was going to be what I do here. Mm -hmm. Um, We 
we really have to suspend our our leanings on rationale and cognitive understanding, which much of our focus there is also a product of 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 the Enlightenment and white supremacy and, and all of that stuff, to lead with the mind as if the mind is superior in understanding. Um, that really has to be suspended. And one must have to trust deeper forms of understanding, including bodily forms of understanding. You know, your spleen has its own mind. Your heart, how I do heart divination, is because your heart has its own mind. Mm-hmm. beyond the brain so again there's no separation there's no one part of us that thinks and then the other parts of us are not trustworthy of decision making and understanding no our whole vessel thinks our yeah. whole vessel processes our whole vessel understands our whole vessel has something to say so, you know, it, to be able to really take in the, the, the wide variety of layers that is spirit, you really have to be open to completely, completely different ways of understanding and experiencing the world around you. Wow. I'm speechless. Wes, you got a question? Because I'm speechless, boo. I'm speechless. I mean, yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> Now it's, it's it's these are the type of things that uh they talked about at freedom school training. I worked at a uh, organization called Freedom School, which was very very much connected mm-hmm. to a lot of African practices and stuff. So, a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff I'm hearing mm-hmm. it from you, just kind of like refreshers, but also from a way deeper level. So I appreciate right. like some of the stuff you bring it to the table because like I've heard this stuff for a very long time. So, and it's right. a lot and a lot right. of it and a lot of it does come from. A lot of stuff that I learned from Freedom School training, which is like a comet, the comedic teachings and the teachings of mm-hmm. the ancestors and stuff like that comes from just us going there and finding out our history. So I appreciate a lot of right. things that you're saying when it comes to like our people, our culture, our history and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And like to even further, do, like imagine y'all that you are right now an ancestor in heaven. Like right now, mm-hmm. the life you're living right now is you are an ancestor in heaven. I am literally so like speechless. so like that. When he says something like that, I would think of something like the Matrix or simulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. which is which is one of the reasons why that movie's very intriguing to me. But you have to watch all three mm-hmm. to understand. Like, I understand what he means by that because I like The Matrix. But if you watch all three mm-hmm. movies, you'll see how they're living in a simulated world, but at the same time, it's a world outside of them, and they coexist together. My heart is mm-hmm. beating so yeah. fast and hard right now. Mm-hmm. So usually the argument mm-hmm. always goes from you. most people believe in past lives or they, believe that we're, or they just believe that we're simulated lives, like we're living in a simulation of what's already happened. Is that then, would that mm-hmm. then explain deja vu? Well, that's in the Matrix too. You know oh what I'm saying? God. Deja vu, yeah. which is a glitch, a simulation. I just want to scream. I want to scream. I want to run out this whole room right now. This is <laughs> yeah. Oh and my it, gosh! And to me, I love these conversations because you know I'm not I'm not invested in being right. There right. are some people mm-hmm. who 
you know, they want to create a dogma. Like, you need to believe what I believe or there's a problem. I'm not like that. Yes. Like, I mean, whatever. You know, believe what you want. My, I've migrated at the end of the day. And I say this to my clients. My clients will sometimes say, well, Jamari, how do I know I'm not just making all of this up in my head? You know, when I'm talking to my ancestors and da, da, da. And I said, well, like, look at this impact. Look at the impact of the work on your life. And if nothing changes about your life, then maybe you're making it all up. Mm -hmm. But if your life changes, right, in alignment with what you experienced with your ancestors, I mean, what more proof do you need than the actual impact on your life? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that is often what I ask people. I don't actually care what anyone believes. I don't care if they believe what I believe. My only concern is what is the, what is the impact of your beliefs on your life? Right. And what are you going to do with the information that you've gathered? That's good. That's what's most important to me anyway, because yes. it's similar with any type of Christianity, anything, right? What use is the belief if it doesn't have the profound, loving, abundant impact on your life that you say it's supposed to have? Yes. What use is it? You know, the, 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 the Bible is for the people. The people were not made for the Bible. So uh, to me, it's not about a dogma or pushing even, you know, there are some things I don't even know how it works. And again, in my line of work, if, if the only way for me to do what I do is to completely understand on a cognitive level all of it, I would just, just hang it up now. Because right. I'm not yeah. going to understand all of it. Mm -hmm. But I trust my ancestors. I trust God. And I go to them all the time, you know, with everything. When I speak and I tell my clients this, when I speak, it is because, because spirit has told me something to be spoken. And a lot mm -hmm. of times after my client sessions, I don't even remember what I said mm -hmm. because it wasn't coming from my mind. Mm -hmm. I was just the vessel who was sharing it. And my clients got to remind me, what did I say last time? Cause I don't remember. Wow. You know? So yeah. It's, it's really important for me that people don't get hung up on, like, I'm not going to debate people about heaven or ancestors. or It's a waste of time to me. It, it's yes. a, a total waste of time. My only question is, are you well? Are yeah. you well in your life? Mm -hmm. That's good. And I appreciate that openness, too, because, like, I think that openness is something we all need, regardless what you agree or disagree with. Cause like I'm learning a exactly. whole lot just talking to you in this conversation, so yeah, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna move on to another question. All right, so you got these wonderful gifts that are definitely divine in nature, but at the same time, you got a business too. You know what I'm saying? So what made you say, mm -hmm. "Hey, these aren't just gifts; they're businesses"? So I didn't. I didn't necessarily with all of them. With my ancestral healing work, which I, the method I specifically used, I received a lot of training in, um, I was very clear that that practice I would offer as a business because it is so valuable. Um, it's accessible. It's a method that's accessible to everyone. So you, again, you don't have to know anything about your blood family. You don't have to have any formal relationship to ancestors. You don't need to be psychic, none of that to do this work. And it creates so much resource and blessing for people 
So I was so clear. I was like, black people all over the world need this. I was, mm-hmm. there was no doubt. And so I definitely knew I would create that as a business. My other work has been really a process of really listening to my ancestors and spirit, as well as getting clear for myself about what I wanted to do. So in your intro, Carissa, you had talked about making this, making a clear distinction between your identity and the work that you do and who you are and that you had always previously thought they were one and the same. And similarly, I had to go through my own process of really doing that because, again, this is a job, you know, in a different time period, uh, a healer was just another part of the community, another role in the community. Mm -hmm. And, And so I have to understand that this is a role that I play, but it's not the totality of who Jamari is as a human being. And so... That gives me that gave me more room to decide. Okay, how do I want to be of service? Not just what are my gifts are. Okay, now I gotta go and put them out in the world. But how do I want to be of service in the world? How do I choose to be? And it might be hard to believe, but I don't actually make available all of my gifts. So there's more. Mm. But I just, I keep those for me. And I think it's important for everybody to understand God gives you your gift first for you always. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no, well, I gotta, I gotta share my gift with the world da, 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 as if, as if God can't give other people what you got. That right. don't even make sense. So God gave it to you first for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes only for you. Mm-hmm. And the best and the blessing and benefit is your life. And so I have gifts that I don't, I don't monetize. I haven't put into a business. They, they, the world is blessed with them because I just live in the world, but I really focus on them being for me and how I navigate my life. Um, And then the other gifts that I decided to actually put forward, like the heart divination and the spiritual healing were really spirit led Um, with the feather burning practice. My ancestors told me that I would put it out there, but they were very clear that again, it was for specific people. And I actually only take a love offering for that particular service. So it's not at a set price. Um, and I only take that love offering once the work is completely done. And that my ancestors told me to do it that way. Mm. My heart divination work was, was really, and it, I love that particular work in general because it was a really long process of understand, of, of really that gift healing me first. So me healing my own heart first so I could really understand what it was, a felt sense of what it would create in the world to then focus here on this work. So um, it's been a different process of turning things into business. And then all of my gifts, I haven't turned into business. Okay. Okay. Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I got a follow-up question. Do you ever feel conflicted about monetizing, like, any of the gifts that you offer as a business? No, because, you know, whether you're a a painter or you run a podcast or you deliver mail, you know, we're all participating in the shared consciousness and the wellness of the collective. You know, whether you're aware of that, whether you're aware that your gifts are are doing that, whether you even see them as gifts and as a contribution in a meaningful way is a different question. But we're 
all of our gifts are contributing. And, you know, sure, perhaps it would be an ideal world if none of the ways we contributed and worked together had to be monetized, if that was even a thing. You know, I don't know. I never lived in that time. I'm always cautious to say something else would be better when I've never actually experienced it. Right. So I'm like, I don't know if that would be better, but it sounds it sounds like it would be great if we could just eliminate money and we just, you know, all contributed and shared in the community. Yes. Um, but that isn't quite the world we live in, right? And uh. so money is how I'm able to offer my contribution and be well. Um, and if my contribution weren't valuable and helpful, then I'd feel conflicted, right? But, mm. you know, my clients can vouch for the value of my gifts and the value they add to the world. And so so I don't ever have any issues with um, the money part of it. I think other people struggle with it um, more than I do, particularly if I have an offering where it's donation-based or something like that. I think that sometimes is hard for folks to decide what they what is fair to give me or whatever that might be or not disrespectful. Um, but, you know, we all have gifts. We all contribute. We all deserve to be well. Money is just one of the resources um, that's available out here. And the last thing I'll say about that is, you know, money only becomes an issue when we function from a place of scarcity. There is more than enough resources. There is more than enough money for all of us to have what we need and give what others need. And so our challenge is not whether anyone charges for their gifts or how much they charge. Our challenge individually and collectively um, and socially is in being able to fully internalize uh, the, the truth that abundance is real and fully operate from it. You know, when it when it's spoken again, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that's literal. But we treat it like a figure, to, uh, figure of speech and then find it acceptable or at least tolerable that so many people go without, despite the fact that there's so much available to us. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is good, so really. good. I love that. Um, I believe I saw this on your website. But you did mention it briefly earlier, um, just talking about the the kingdom of God, and I and it seems like it's really important to you to believe in the promise of God's kingdom as a spiritual entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. What does that What does that entail for you? Like, what does that mean for you when you say? The kingdom of God is at hand and it's and it's right. And that means it's right now. So like what is the the big picture message that you're trying to convey with that idea? In particular, as an entrepreneur, a spiritual entrepreneur, what I'm conveying really to myself and if it blesses anybody else, wonderful. But really to myself is uh, go sit down somewhere Mm. because (laughs) because. If heaven is here and now, then all the work that that anyone feels like they have to put in, all the hustle, like, what is that? Right. What is that even? Right? If abundance is here, if everything is aligned, if what is meant for you is right in front of your face, right? If everything you need, even if, even if it isn't available right now, is literally on its way, like not hopefully, but like coming down the chute, 
then there's so much less for that I'm supposed to be, quote, doing as an entrepreneur. And it's been something that I have slowly, really internalized. And my friends sometimes laugh at me because they'll call me in the middle of the day and they'll be like, well, what you been doing tomorrow? I'm like, nothing? Not yeah. a thing? <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to market myself. I'm not trying to, you know, get more clients. I'm not trying to come up with a new new scheme, a, a new plan. None of that. I'm I'm here and I'm receiving what is for me here in heaven. Yeah. And sometimes it is a new idea for marketing. Sometimes it is a new idea about putting myself out there, but most of the time it's not. And most of the time, you know, everything, all my clients that I'm supposed to be work, working with, they come and they come in the wildest of ways. And I didn't do anything for them to come to me. And so as a, a spiritual entrepreneur, it really shifts for me, the way I think about work and what is my responsibility to do. And sometimes I'll even go to my ancestors and go to God, you know, on a day where maybe I'm really struggling with feeling like, oh, I don't have enough clients. How am I going to make ends meet? I should do this. I should do that. The, you know, the word of the day is you need to do this on your social media. And I'll take a pause and I'll say, hold up. <laughs> like we, we in heaven, Jamari. And so I'll just, I'll say a prayer and I'll say, okay, what is it that I, I must do? Yeah. Because I trust that all I need to do is what I'm supposed to do. And then everything else is already being done. Oh, and usually man. what I must do, they'll tell me is to just go sit down somewhere and stop worrying and meditate and relax. Um, and, you know, my, my, my needs have always been met. I haven't worked a job. In, I don't, I don't know, four years. I haven't worked a nine to five in four, four or five years at this point now. Praise and God. The, okay. Okay. Yeah. Listen, right. Don't miss the shout. And it ain't because, it ain't because I'm working myself to death, y'all. I'm really yes. not, you know, like hats off, I guess, to folks who feel like they got to do that every day, you know, and, and I'm blessed. I don't have kids. I want to say that right now. I don't have kids. It's a whole different story. When you got people, you got to feed. And I, I'm grateful that that, you know, I don't have to worry about that because that does change the dynamic. Sure. When you got people Most to definitely. feed and you're responsible for, you yep. know, you got to get that money. Um, but I'm, I'm blessed as a single person, even still, that, um, you know, my, my ends have always you know, come together, even when I'm not, you know, working 10 hours a day, because I didn't quit my job to give myself a new job that was killing me. That's mm. just not, nah, mm -hmm. not, nah, I don't, I can't do that. I can't continue to believe that that's necessary. I mean, I can, but I just choose not to. And if it fails, like sometimes I say that to myself, listen, if it's a whole bunch of BS, again, like I said earlier, and it ain't real, and what I'm saying is don't make no sense and ain't what reality is, then I'll see the impact on my life. I'll right. be out here on the street at some point and I'll be calling you, Carissa, like, can I sleep on your couch? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But so far, you know, um, I have experienced heaven so mm. far. I love that. And, you know, I think that especially 
um, we as black people, <clears throat> because of um, how we do church, I feel like um, there is this, I mean, I've heard, I've heard women say it, that, you know, marriage is the highest form of, of, of calling that you can have on earth. And they put marriage and motherhood on this pedestal. And I know that men do it too. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know what, there is, um, for me personally, I'm glad, you know, that I chose the path I chose and that being a wife and a a mom is part of my journey. Cause it's honestly, those are two roles that I did not think that I was cut out for or that I would ever do. So, um, so I'm grateful that I have those roles as part of my story, but I, I love to encourage people who are single and, or don't have kids like, Hey, like find satisfaction in where you are because there's a purpose Mm. and a reason for that too. So marriage and and motherhood and fatherhood is not to be, um, is it a great thing? Yes, but don't put it on a pedestal in the sense of it's, it's better than Mm -hmm. being single and not having kids. Both of those are Mm. equal worthy positions to have in your life. So I'm so glad that you said that. That's dope. And even with the Bible, Paul said, check this out. Marriage is cool, but I'd rather y'all be single. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah, you know what I'm saying? So even what she's saying, like, I mean, if you get married, cool. It's going to be hard for you, but if you're single, I already y'all be single. So, you know, yeah. So, yes. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. So, we're actually going to cut it short right here. I know. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. It is so good. Here's the thing we have a whole nother hour long conversation with Jamari Michael White to share with you that will come out in just a couple of weeks if you can't wait until then connect with him on his website blackancestralhealing.com he's also on instagram at black ancestral healing um, one of the things that we're chatting about on part two is holding safe spaces for black men to heal and embrace their own self-care journeys it's just too delicious words and I can't wait for you to hear it okay until then you know the deal find more episodes of the grace and grind podcast articles and videos at graceandgrind.co see you next time